The COVID-19 pandemic has wreaked havoc on the American economy. We've seen record unemployment, historic job loss, and an uneven stock market. However, in spite of dwindling consumer confidence, debit growth rebounded in the second quarter and has remained strong. We talked about this with a senior director at Visa. She said there are three key reasons for this debit growth. One of which being increased awareness of contactless payments at points of sale in the face-to-face channel. So, will the migration from cash to card continue at a solid pace once the pandemic is hopefully gone? Long term, we think these shifts are here to stay. And um, there was a recent study conducted by 451 Research, and it showed that 86% of first-time contactless users plan to continue making contactless payments. And so this points to the potential for ongoing cash displacement. I'm Andy Goldstein. And I'm Laura Sewell. Stay tuned for our conversation about the debit landscape before, during, and after the pandemic in this episode of FinTech Focus from CSI. Joining us today to talk about all things debit is Miriam Alejandro, Senior Director, Global Product at Visa. Miriam, thanks so much for joining us today on FinTech Focus. Great to be here. Thank you, Laura. Well, Miriam, obviously the pandemic has wreaked havoc on the American economy. We've, you know, we've talked about the record unemployment, the historic job loss, an uneven stock market that that's, you never know what's going to happen with it and so on. So in terms of the economic impact on debit growth, what are you seeing today? Sure. Well, the COVID-19 pandemic has drastically impacted the global economy, as you noted. However, debit sales volume growth in the U.S. was strong in 2020, and that's due to primarily three key factors. The first has been this cash-to-card migration that we've seen. Consumers have naturally been shifting away from cash for some time now, but there's been this acceleration recently as consumers were forced to shift their spending behavior. COVID-19 increased awareness and usage of contactless payments, which further accelerated cash displacement because, you know, not only is tap to pay convenient and easy, but it enables cardholders to minimize contact with the clerk or point of sale. The the second factor is this acceleration in the shift to e-commerce. And so, you know, we had been seeing the e-com channel showing strong year-over-year growth relative to -to face-to-face. But again, COVID-19 created this environment where, you know, shelter in place orders drove an accelerated shift in purchase behavior to digital channels. And then the third factor is just, you know, the importance of debit within everyday spend categories. Debit purchase behavior is closely indexed to non-discretionary everyday spend. Think of things like food and household goods. And debit also allows consumers to access money that they already have in their account versus money that they may get in the future. And during this time of uncertainty, consumers have embraced the convenience of debit to buy the things they need with the money they have. Yeah, I wanna, Miriam, I wanna jump on that that first factor for a second, that um, cash to card factor. And, um, you know, we've previously discussed on this podcast with uh, CSI's own Matt Heron talking about the, the boom the uh, contactless card boom over the last couple of years. 
you know, personally, my contactless card came in the mail this week and I was super jazzed about that. Like, I, I finally feel like I'm part of the club. <laughs> so, Somebody the right. <laughs> so contactless payment adoption, it has been increasing steadily in this country as we've tracked on this show. Why do you think uh, contactless payments have flourished during the COVID-19 pandemic? And do you see the migration from cash to card continuing at this pace once we're hopefully past the pandemic? Great questions. Um, well, we know from our research, we've been doing a lot of research over the past year, um, consumers are seeking to minimize physical contact with the yeah. point of sale terminal and clerks. So mm -hmm. we know that. And we also, there's a lot of signage in the market. So awareness of contactless capability is at an all-time high. And then when you think of those categories that I just mentioned for debit, like everyday spend um, includes like fast food restaurants, we call them QSR in the industry, grocery, you know, we see a lot of small ticket activity in those segments and they have a high enablement. Those merchants have a high enablement of contactless um, capability and they've um, done a lot with signage. So merchant signage in those categories is, is prevalent. Mm -hmm. And then when we think about this cash to card, I mean, and, you know, we have a visa payment panel study that, you know, consistently looks at all different payment methods across a broad range of consumers. And cash usage has historically been very consistent across all ages and incomes. The majority of consumers in the U.S. use cash at least once during the course of a month. But during the pandemic, we, we looked at cash usage, you know, we focused in on April and May when, when things were really, you know, shelter in place orders were in place. And we compared April and May to January and February of, of 2020. And there was this dramatic shift away from cash. Cash lost 18% of payment volume from consumers shifting to other payment methods like hmm. credit and debit. And when we looked at that same time period, like in 2019, it was just like a 1% shift, you know, because people were consistently still using cash. Um, so, you know, we looked further into the visa data and we did this twinning analysis of, you know, consumers with contactless cards versus those without contactless cards. And we found that those debit cardholders with contactless enabled cards make two and a half more transactions per month and they spend $71 more per month. So that tap to pay or contactless incremental volume, it's largely coming from cash. Okay. And so as we think about what's going to happen in the future, I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but the events of last year accelerated years of progress into the span of just a few months. Long-term, we think these shifts are here to stay. And um, there was a recent study conducted by 451 Research, and it showed that 86% of first-time contactless users plan to continue making contactless payments. And so this points to the potential for ongoing cash displacement. Visa issued, I believe, uh, and you can correct me on this, I think between debit and credit cards, Visa issued what, like 300 million contactless cards last year? Was it something like that? Around that, correct. Okay. So I, I was going to ask you if you think that, would we have already been shifting to contactless anyway, do you think, or do the numbers show a, an acceleration prompted on by the pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think for many issuers in the United States, you know, contactless has been on their roadmap. I mean, mm -hmm. we've built the foundation with merchants being able to enable contactless. And so the next step was getting financial institutions to put the product into the hands of consumers. So it was definitely on the roadmap. Yeah. I think in many cases, though, the pandemic just accelerated that 
reissuance. Um, maybe some issuers would have, um, without the pandemic, would have had a strategy of natural reissuance of those cards. But due to the pandemic and a consumer awareness and desire to have a contactless card, um, you know, some issuers may have decided to proactively issue those cards to consumers, in, even in the absence of natural reissuance. And Miriam, I wanted to ask you about the merchant side. Um, you, you mentioned the, the signage at the, the point of sale. Have you noticed, you know, increased merchant adoption in, in enabling contactless? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but sure. um, we've certainly seen um, merchant uh engagement um, in enabling contactless at the point of sale. Because again, they're, they're looking to protect their employees as well. Um, and it's a way to minimize contact and, and to get you know, customers in and out of the store more quickly. You're listening to FinTech Focus. We're discussing the debit card landscape with Miriam Alejandro, Senior Director, Global Product at Visa. So the, the pandemic also really has accelerated the growth of e-commerce. For instance, online spending was $77 billion more than expected for the months of March through June of 2020. I take full credit for that. I spent way too much online. That's, that's me. That's mostly me driving that number. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I got you, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so Miriam, how big a piece of the pie does debit have in that, in that uh, huge growth? Sure. Well, you know, as we know, during COVID-19 restrictions, you know, debit, it grew as in importance as a means for consumers to access their money because bank branches in many cases were temporarily co closed and then people were unable or unwilling to leave their homes. So e-commerce became the lifeline for many people to obtain essentials like food and to pay their bills. And again, debit closely correlates with those essential categories. So, you know, we did see this accelerated shift to the e-com channel um, last year in the debit, um, within the debit product. Um, and much of this growth, it was driven by necessity. So if you think about online retail driven by curbside pickup and the boom in restaurant delivery and grocery delivery applications, debit has been a major beneficiary of this accelerated shift to e-commerce and that shift away from cash. Do you think that those, these behaviors of using debit card in the space of convenience for getting groceries online and, and all those things, are we just going to keep doing that even when it's completely safe to go back outside? Good question, Andy. Um, while there have been a number of new debit users in the online channel, um, you know, we, we saw a lot of users, new users who, you know, for health reasons, they used online ordering because they had to get groceries delivered, right? Yeah. Like they couldn't go into a store new users actually didn't account for all of the, the growth that we saw in card not present. A lot of the growth is actually coming from already active debit e-com cardholders, increasing their e-com activities. Mm -hmm. So whereas historically they may have just used their debit card in one or two merchant category groups, they're actually shopping now in a wider range of online merchant categories and spending more in the e-com channel. So to your point, what's going to happen, you know, once we get through this pandemic, it's, it's still hard to say, but, you know, people built new e-com habits during 2020, and, and some of these behaviors are here to stay. So let's talk a little bit about debit purchase behavior. Usually debit purchasing seems to stick with those non-discretionary everyday spending types of things like running to the grocery, paying bills. 
did that change in, in 2020? You know, those non-discretionary categories have remained really important for debit card spend in 2020, especially when you consider that discretionary categories like travel and entertainment, those, those were largely restricted for most of 2020. So when we look at the categories like restaurant or fast food or grocery and those drug and discount stores, those categories make up over half of total transactions for debit. And they, they've continued to remain core categories for debit spend. Um, and the other thing, when you think about those categories, spend historically was concentrated in the face-to-face channel. So if you think about restaurants, you know, that's obvious because people typically dine in an actual restaurant, Mm -hmm. but debit card holders have embraced online ordering for restaurant delivery or curbside pickup. So when we looked at our numbers, you know, we can see debit card holders and where they spend. Um, By the middle of 2020, there was a 40% increase in the number of debit card holders making e-com restaurant or fast food purchases compared to January. And it was a rather similar story when you look at that grocery drug and discount store category. That's another like historically face-to-face channel due to the, you know, it's everyday spend nature and people like to select their own groceries in many cases. Um, But in 2020, you know, as people were eating at home more and generally spending on essentials, and again, out of the necessity, um, many consumers transitioned to to online ordering for for groceries. And by June, we saw a 25% increase just in that category alone Mm. of people shifting, you know, from face-to-face to the online category. You're listening to FinTech Focus. We're discussing the debit card landscape with Miriam Alejandro, Senior Director, Global Product at Visa. You mentioned earlier that, that consumers are embracing the convenience of debit uh, you know, and they're sticking with it to buy the things that they need with the money they already have. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're very careful not to spend the money that we don't have in case there's a job loss or, you know, if you get sick, anything like that. But um, as the economy, as the economy recovers, do you anticipate consumers adjusting their spending based on money that they may get in the future? Or do you think that the, the trend will continue sort of this, the idea of being fairly conservative with the money that's already in your, your checking account? Well, you know, where we're at today, as you mentioned, these, these are uncertain times. So consumers are really focused on essentials and debit does provide consumers with that ability to control their budget and conveniently make purchases both online and in person with money they have. But we know from our research that, you know, consumers generally fall into three categories. You have folks that are what we call debit loyalists who use debit for all of their their purchases. We have the credit loyalists who put everything on credit. And then we have mixers who use both debit and credit depending on the type of purchase. Mm -hmm. And from a consumer life stage perspective, you know, the shift from credit to debit loyalists or excuse me, it's generally from a debit to a credit loyalist that typically coincides with a life stage event, like getting married or buying a house. And it's also correlated with income levels. And so far, our research hasn't indicated a shift in those drivers of preference. Hmm. So as we look to the future, though, and as you know, consumer confidence increases, I'm going to be very optimistic. I'm I'm sure it's going to start to increase later this year. Um, And discretionary categories like travel and entertainment open up. 
it's yeah. likely that, you know, we're going to see an adjustment in consumer spending pa- patterns, especially between those folks that are what we call mixers. You know, they, they put certain purchases on debit and certain purchases on credit. Uh, Miriam, according to the Nielsen report, in 2018, more than 70% of all cards in the United States were actually prepaid debit cards. How has prepaid card usage looked this year during the pandemic? So, Laura, keep in mind that figure includes both reloadable and non-reloadable prepaid cards. So Mm -hmm. products like gift cards, which oftentimes are used just one or two times, those would be included in that card count. Mm -hmm. Um, So as we think about this year during the pandemic, gift cards were a popular holiday gift this season because, you know, many gift givers were hesitant to spend time browsing in person for the perfect gift. So then a gift card kind of becomes an easier alternative for the recipient to choose, you know, where they want to spend either in person or online. Right. But beyond gift cards, um, prepaid card usage across all types of product has been strong this year. Um, you know, we have the category we call general purpose reloadable prepaid or GPR for short. Um, that was a good option for many consumers who were seeking digital solutions to receive money or to minimize cash usage at the point of sale, or even to make an e-commerce purchase. So, you know, as we discussed, there was this massive shift from card present to the card not present channel, and consumers need payment credentials to make those online purchases. So a GPR card is a very um, good solution for those consumers who don't have other payment credentials. Um, the other product that was um, showed strong growth this year was government. So government-funded prepaid products were really relevant this past year. Uh, we at Visa collaborated with our financial institution clients to support the U.S. government's delivery of 4 million prepaid cards as part of the COVID-19 stimulus in May. And this is in addition to the more than two dozen state government programs where unemployment insurance benefits are distributed through Visa prepaid cards. This month, the Treasury and IRS started to send approximately 8 million economic impact payments on a Visa prepaid card. So we are encouraged by the number of governments seeking digital payment options for their constituents, and we do expect this trend to continue. I didn't know that about the, the, uh, the prepaid cards going out as, as part of the stimulus packages. That's very interesting. So Miriam, based on your research and experience, go ahead and give us a prediction. This time next year, what will consumer behavior and debit usage look like? Well, predictions are pretty risky to make, especially (laughs) under our current circumstances. But one area I'm willing to go out on a limb on is the importance of digital engagement and e-commerce to debit consumers across all different demographics. So as we discussed, the pandemic was a force that changed behavior for many consumers out of necessity. And new habits have been built around convenient purchase experiences like online order ahead and curbside pickup. And while I anticipate that many consumers are eager to get back to in-person activities as soon as possible, the digital momentum created this past year will not go away. So it's important for financial institutions and their partners to continue to invest in developing digital solutions that provide secure and seamless e-commerce payment experiences. Well, Miriam, thanks so much for joining us today. We, we appreciate your knowledge and it's really fascinating info and, and hearing where we're going with contactless and where it's going to take us in the future. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you, Miriam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
That's it for this week's episode of FinTech Focus. Thanks again to Miriam Alejandra for talking with us, and we appreciate all of you for listening. For more information on Visa debit cards, head to usa.visa.com. You can also learn more about debit cards at csiweb.com, including a recent blog post from friend of the show, Matt Heron, on how you can maximize debit card interchange income. Be sure to subscribe to FinTech Focus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out CSI on Twitter at CSI Solutions or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash CSI Solutions. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.